But meanwhile, Green Arrow says, You, uh, you never, uh, I never knew you cared, princess. I'm just happy to see you, Ollie. It's been... Too long! Far! Too long! Says the Martian Manhunter, to which Oliver Queen says, You ain't gonna try to kiss me too, are you, Marvin? No! But with your permission, Oliver, I'd like to take a quick scan of your mind. No, f- no, wrong voice. No offense, John, but I don't want you swimming around in my head. Understood. I merely felt there were some questions we all had that could be delivered, answered quickly by an overview of your thoughts and memories. After the big lady's greeting, it doesn't take a telepath to figure out what's on my mind if you catch my drift. All right, listen up, folks. <laughs> it, it's, it's we need to talk about Kevin. We're back. It's comic book month, and we're talking about another really bad, a painfully long uh, 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 run for Kevin Smith on Green Arrow. This was Green Arrow Volume 3, Issue 1 through 15. 15 whole issues of this garbage we had to read. Uh, but yep. But to help us... Oh, by the way, I'm Trevor. This is Ted. You know us. What's up? We're the same guys that are always on the podcast. Uh, joining us uh, to, to help dissect uh, this, this masterwork is a, a, a very <laughs> special guest. Sort of a Green Arrow expert. A Green Arrow super fan. Uh, he knows all the history, all the lore. A good uh-huh. friend of mine who I've known for many years... Uh, it's Proctor J. Semhouse. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so glad to be here with my good buddy. Uh, <laughs> and to and Ted. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I I've mentioned PJ uh, before, and uh, and he actually had to correct me. I I referred to him as my co-host on an old podcast I used to do called <laughs> Here's the Beef, but that was actually incorrect. Uh, he was never actually uh, a co-host. He was just a recurring <laughs> guest. Uh, mm-hmm. ne- ne- never officially promoted to host status. But here he is again as as a guest. As a guest. Once again. <laughs> it's what he's best at. Uh, but now he's an expert guest because we're talking about something right in his wheelhouse, which is Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about your history with the character of Green Arrow? Well, how I read, when when did you first okay, get in, wh- get into it? Um, like a few days ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> is when I uh, started actually reading his comics. No, I mean, like I liked him for you know childlike baby reasons as a kid because I liked archery. I have my bow with me here right now. Oh, and uh, I got cool. an archery merit badge. I've read Zen in the Art of Archery. You know, I'm a bit of a archery nerd mm. i mean not really but uh and also i like the color green so when i saw the sky on color. tv screen in like justice league i was like oh that's, man that's my this, guy this guy's this guy's cool this guy is me if i were cool <laughs> but you know i don't read comics because i'm not a, some, a nerd some little boys are batman boys pj was a green arrow boy <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got my uh, archery merit badge here, but I'm not a nerd, guys. Don't worry. No, yeah, well, yeah, no. That's that was hanging out with the boys. There's nothing nerdy about that. We did it outside. But 
But but over the past few days, you've been immersing yourself in the in the Green Arrow classics. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So you're and, uh, so right you're now, more yeah. well read on 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 the Green Arrow than either of us are. Yeah, De- yeah I definitely. think my memory is about as good as Green Arrow at the beginning of uh, the Kevin Smith run <laughs> at this point. I think that's how far I've gotten. What a segue. Uh, so yeah. in this... <laughs> uh, Ted, why don't you set it up? I hate explaining this garbage. All right. Uh, <laughs> so in this one, I don't remember what crisis it was, but before this comic starts, Green, or- Green Arrow died in one of those big, like all the DC Justice Leaguers get together and inevitably one of them dies. And in that time, it was... Uh, green arrow so he's dead to, uh, i have a note about that he he died as like uh an nsa secret agent what what the fuck yeah that infiltrating sucks. an eco-terrorist group was it the nsa or was it like spiral or one of those fake organizations and the wiki said nsa wow Jesus. Yeah, i was surprised so yeah so he's all of a sudden he's back to life which actually doesn't happen for like the first issue, which kind of sucks. The first issue is really boring. <laughs> the first issue is really confusing because it's just a bunch of disparate characters and you're really yeah. thrown into the middle of it. And if, you, if you're if you not caught up on all of what was going on with all these different characters at that time, then it's like really confusing. First, like it starts with Batman and Superman talking on the roof in right. what appears to be like literally just a series of non sequiturs that don't get exp- explained for another like four or five issues. Yeah, yeah. That whole scene was just to have that one thing where Superman is like, what was that? And then like several issues later, you find out that that had something to do with something. Yeah, there's a bunch of like really annoying like obituaries given by like Speedy slash Arsenal and... um uh black but i will say the fact that that thing actually did pay off towards the end of the first run the first 10 (laughs) issues made this a much better structured story uh than the fucking daredevil run where it was all nonsense that didn't pay off at all i do i want to say right now this is far and away better than the other two it's still not good like it's not it's bad for sure but it's so much better than the uh the batman comics we read in the daredevil one but yeah basically the gist of the first episode is everybody's really sad that uh you know green arrow's dead there's um, too many issues all to sudden, explain them all one by one why don't we just say what the yeah. two arcs are <laughs> well yeah but so so then it turns out oh green arrow he's back to life but he's is an amnesiac for until the end of the Bronze Age, I think, is about where it cuts off. Yeah, so for like uh, six to eight episodes, uh, Green Arrow is really stubbornly refusing to listen to anyone who's trying to explain to him that like 10 years have passed since he last remembers. And also everyone's doing a really bad job of trying to fill yeah, him in. Yeah, a really and he bad just job. Keeps, <laughs> and he just keeps getting confused and like belligerent and like, trying to start fights with the other Justice League members instead of just, like, listening to them for a second so they can explain Mm -hmm. what's going on. It's really, really frustrating uh, uh, storytelling where there's just information... because he's such a hothead. But there's just information (laughs) being withheld from the main character and he's just being a complete idiot for so much of the run, uh, uh, which is just annoying. Mm -hmm. It's explained, sort of, that some people don't want to, like, shock him because apparently if you tell an amnesiac they're an amnesiac they can lose their mind uh, you know they they dance around that way too much the only character who says that is 
is Stanley, who uh, has like ulterior motives. Exactly. There's a recurring Spoiler. theme in in these uh, in Kevin Smith's comics writing. I noticed where there are all these baffling choices being made by characters that don't seem to make sense, but then there's like a twist. And because of the twist, they had some other evil reason or whatever for doing it. And he was like, oh, okay, it's because of the evil stuff. But the whole time you're reading it, it's like, that's stupid. Why wouldn't he just tell? Why would he hide all the technology in his house and never explain anything to him and just leave him to walk around confused? (laughs) But of course, There's a, a really funny part where. Uh, a guy has a cell phone and he thinks it's a walkie talkie and then the guy's like no it, it's a cell phone and then gives a short explanation of what a cell phone does yeah while he's like beating the shit out of him right um mm-hmm. and he's like what are you batman nobody can do that <laughs> and, that, and that was before any of this stuff was explained so it's just like wait yeah. why does he not know what cell phones are <laughs> <laughs> they had cell um, phones in the 80s right uh well i think he they had like the, right the cut off of his memory Cell phones were a very new thing that only someone like Batman would have had in the 80s. So that's a reasonable uh, way for him to feel. He's a big businessman. Uh, You know, he or he was like he would have known guys like that walking around with like pagers and the big clunky, you know, Okay, you're right. The it's comic fucking stupid. The comic sucks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. I, I I agree with Ted that this is by far the best of the Kevin Smith comics we've read, but also seeing the stark difference between this and his uh, Daredevil run, it makes me think a couple of things. One is that he must have had a much more hands-on editor on this than he did yes. on Daredevil. Oh, that's incredible. There's obvious. clearly yeah. someone helping him out. And also, like, even beyond that, I think that, like, the editor or whoever might have like kind of planned out the major like story beats for him because it concerns it concerns like major uh changes in the like world and you know they like i think it was like yeah. a little bit more planned out and it wasn't just kevin kind of you know making shit up as he went along which is exactly what he did on daredevil did we did we, we mention self-confessed, that? Yeah. Did we mention that on the show, or did that come out late? Oh, well, that was in the so little. So we we assumed it, but I when I was looking for stuff to put as the bumpers, it, he right. admits that he did not know how he was like where the story was going, and he right. pulled the like fake stuff out of mm-hmm. the yeah. bullshit hat. So stupid. Well, all right. So I, I think I, they like, imposed some structure on him for this one uh, uh, that he had to follow. Go ahead, PJ. But I think <laughs> the main villain, and this is something I noticed when I was like checking over the earlier chapters again, it seems like with the main villain, he didn't have it planned out. With Stanley, there are a couple of like weird things that don't make any sense when you go back and yeah. read them. The very first time we meet him, uh, he like talks out loud to nobody. So I don't know whose benefit it's for. Uh, he's like, man, I, I think I'm going to pull up stakes and move out of here. Everything's getting so bad. It's like, but why would he do that? The reason things are bad are is because of him, and also he has like a specific goal where he's not going to leave the city. I forgot that that was even, or didn't even realize that that was him, or I don't know, I wasn't really following. <laughs> yeah, that's when Green Arrow first meets him, so it's not something your mind recalls back to right away. I only noticed it. I think yeah. it must have been planned that Stanley was the child killer. I, 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 I think so too, but but also I think that he didn't. Um, Kevin didn't know like what was actually in the basement at the time because in like chapters two and three, I think there's like two 
times where it shows the monster in the basement without telling you like why it's there and stuff and mm-hmm. it shows the actual monster well like it's when- just well it's it just kind of shows the head of the monster and i think the reveal is that that's the like fucking like he made the monster like costume, like costume yeah. that he put on the kid <laughs> but like when so, he's pouring the blood yeah i i, I don't know it's a uh, hold on there are there are details to this so like when he's pouring the blood in i think this is like the first time it shows the monster in the basement without showing you that stanley um and and yeah it shows the monster like with its mouth open and its tongue flailing out like greedily lapping up the blood yeah with shadow which like right. isn't what it would look like if it's just a boy in a costume and then also uh during that annoying uh like dreaming thing where it talks about like what me is dreaming about and how stanley doesn't dream anymore then it cuts to the monster and says well this guy he's dreaming about a little boy that he lost a long time ago hmm. the, the monster lost the boy if it's actually the boy, why would the boy be dreaming about a little boy that he lost? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. It might have not been. They might have. He might have not known exactly like the how the reveal would. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just think that I just think that the that whoever was like editing this run had some broad strokes planned out, and then Kevin could play around within that. I'm sure it was I think Kevin's. That's true. I'm sure it was Kevin's idea for Stanley to pretend to be gay. In order to yes. gain yeah. fucking Green Arrow's trust, which is the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> we should sort of outline some of the characters, I think. So uh, the Stanley guy that we've been talking about is this old rich guy who is whenever Green Arrow comes back from the dead and is he's an amnesiac. He's like his benefactor. Like he pays for them. You assume he's gay because uh, basically... Kevin writes in a million gay jokes. Um, There is a young girl, a 15 year old girl named Mia that Daredevil saves from being a prostitute. Green Arrow. She moves in with him instead. Not Daredevil. Fuck. Green Arrow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Saves from being a prostitute. And then she moves in with him. And so those are kind of like more newer characters. There's the other like typical Green Arrow guys like Black Canary in them. But. Well, technically, Stanley um, is, I, I think it might be to be like sort of a red herring because Stanley Dover is a character from like the 60s who was a little boy who had an imaginary friend. And that's the beast with no name uh, that he's trying to summon. Like Kevin plunked uh, that uh, that whole story uh, oh, and really? put it into the future. And I think maybe you're supposed to think that this is Stanley grown up and maybe he's become evil. Well, but then isn't, isn't they the, reveal it's Stanley Sr. Right, because his, his grandson is also named Stanley, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then it makes that child the basically the same character as the old comic, but puts him in the modern day and has this Stanley Dover Sr. Speaking of Stanley, uh, an- one thing this does have in common with the Daredevil run is that the entire second to last issue is the bad guy explaining his whole life story and how he got to that moment, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so, so fucking irritating. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how old this trope goes back in comics. Uh, Alan Moore kind of did it with Ozymandias and Watchmen, like talk where he talks about all his travels around the world and stuff. But it seems like yeah. Kevin feels the need to do this constantly just because of his general uh, proclivity towards having characters drone on and on. <laughs> I feel like it's sort of a Ra's al Ghul thing, right? 
Well, like, sorry, I feel like that's something that he always a, does. A, a, who, a who thing? What was that? Is it Rachel Ghoul? Fuck me. Listen, don't worry, Kevin Smith is your fucking pronunciation. Is your name Christopher Nolan? Ooh. It's okay. Listen, I read the comics. I, I there's no fucking sound in the comics. What do you want? Okay, so I guess you never saw the old the Batman cartoon or any of the other uh, non. I did, but uh, I could barely Nolan speak then. <laughs> I'm young. I'm not an old man. I mean, anyway. to be fair, Kevin Smith makes a, a Raz al Ghul pun in this, so I forgive you. That was the last uh, like pronunciation you. clue you were oh. given. Yeah, Ke- right. Kevin, a known imbecile, uh, also made the same mistake. <laughs> so you're in good. He's company. got editors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why didn't he stop him? Um, he just thought that the Rasta guy pun was too funny. Oh, oh that's I fucking what, yeah, hated that, that dude. I oh, fucking hated that uh, uh, so much. So so many instances of uh, Mia really becomes the mouthpiece for a lot of Kevin just reciting things that previously happened that there'd be no need to talk about in that much detail. <laughs> <laughs> mm. other than to like clue in the audience you know like it's uh w- the, Ke- kevin's writing style with comics is i would describe it as using the most words possible to convey the least information yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> he always has it's- to have characters say as much as they possibly can to get across a, a whatever basic uh, piece of information Way more than they have any reason to say. There is a, um, in, in his in- introduction, he, of course, calls out the haters. And one of the yes. things he does is say, all the characters do is talk, they wept. And it's like, yeah, that fucking sucks. It sucked. Yeah, and he says, like, I want a comic that has 20 uh, issues worth of dialogue in 10. And, I mean, to be fair, why? I think he succeeded, but... Why? Why? Read a fucking book, dude. Why do you even like comics, Kevin? <laughs> Read a goddamn book. He doesn't like the pictures. He yeah. loves the bubbles. I, I I once again did not uh, read the introduction. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the only one I've I read. I do because ever. I fucking hate myself. This one was, I think, my least favorite. There's something about this one that is just like so smarmy and like I did a great job with this. When I know, and I read it before. Oh I read yeah, the comic. he's so proud of himself for <laughs> elevating Green. Arrow. I read it before I read the comic, and it's like, no, this this is gonna suck. And guess what? I was right; it did suck. Mm. Well, yeah. Here's the thing: you get the sense, especially with this one, that Kevin feels like he's writing a very mature comic, like he's making this very grown up, like he's elevating it, like you just said, PJ. But it's like. Mm-hmm. But he has such a, he has such a childish sensibility. So it's just like, you know, there isn't as much sex stuff crammed into this as the other ones we've read. There are three pussy eating scenes. Three pussy eating scenes. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of pussy eating in this. And it's like, (laughs) and it just feels so like fucking middle school. But you can tell that it's like he thinks he's doing something really grown up because it's like, wow, a superhero in a comic book eating pussy? You've never seen this before, but it's just, and they have to make weird puns about the pussy eating always. Ugh. There always has to be a fucking play on words about it. Like just this awful corny shit. And it's so like, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think that I'm not against uh, sex in superhero comics at all. Uh, if you heard mm. the last. You're just against having sex. If you. <laughs> If you heard uh, the last premium episode, we talked about a comic where Superman fucks a mermaid, and I thought that was cool. That was cool. But like also, 
but also like you can use a little bit of subtlety you know like it's just very clearly implied that superman fucks the mermaid there's no like there isn't a whole bunch of Superman making uh, puns about, I don't know, guilt. Like, if it were Superman, if it were Kevin, I mean, there'd be so many weird fish sex puns. And it would have been like whole- four pages <laughs> that are mostly dialogue. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, there'd be so much. There'd be at least a whole page or two just about the sex rather than it just being like in between panels. The, mm. um, the, the, I think like. The most annoying thing about the He's sex... Obsessed, about, obsessed with making superheroes fuck. It's weird. The most annoying thing about all the sex in this is that every single time it's like rooted in this like really weird, annoying misogyny that you can't actually... Like, I can't tell if it's like, oh, that's supposed to be part of Green Arrow's character and Kevin's just bad at writing. Or if it's like, this is what this is like what a macho man is it's so weird every time it happens it's like him being misogynistic right before it's insane or right I, after i do think that Gr- i do think that green arrow especially compared to like batman or daredevil is a much more plausible character for kevin to be writing in this voice yes you know like uh cuz yeah. cuz green arrow is kind of a wise ass and he is a little bit you know, even he, though he's like a progressive guy or something, he's like a little bit like old fashioned, I think, about women and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like and he is like a bit of a pussy hound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 horny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so having this uh, 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 snarky Kevin Smith dialogue coming from Green Arrow makes a little more sense than, say, Batman. <laughs> but uh, it's still bad. Um <laughs> It's really bad. And of course, Batman is in this a bunch because it's Kevin Smith. He needs oh, to yeah. write Batman. Um, luckily, he doesn't just try and make and Green Arrow Batman, which is nice. Um, like he did with the Daredevil book. But, I mean, it's you know still not good, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't make Green Arrow all brooding and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have but him grimacing on rooftops constantly. But he writes Batman as such a fucking long-winded yeah. dork. Like he's he, Why does he speaks in so fucking much? run-on sentences. This is this is a part uh, this is a part that really stood out to me where the heroes are all in the watchtower or whatever and they're like mm. how long have you been here Batman? Batman says long enough to hear that none of you could get past your cartoonish slack-jawed dumbfoundedness over the situation and secure any answers as to why a man who we all know is dead walks around articulating like a walking anachronism. Catch. Then someone says, that is by far the most complex sentence I've ever heard anyone utter. Another guy says, ten bucks says he's been hiding in the shadows for the last hour just so he could come up with a put-down that classy. So, like, not only does he have Batman say this annoying run-on sentence with, like, too many adjectives and stuff, like, he has to, like, fucking congratulate himself for it by having, like, more dialogue from other characters talking about what an impressive fucking sentence that was. Like, fuck Mm -hmm. off. Like, Batman would have just said long enough, probably. Yeah! This is this is like just cut it off at two like, words. Most good Batman books have less Batman dialogue like in his inner thoughts than this fucking book that is not about Batman has Batman saying it sucks, dude. F- 
for for a guy who's so obsessed with dialogue and so proud of his fucking dialogue writing, he has no idea how to use dialogue to distinguish characters from one another. It just mm. doesn't occur to him to have people talk differently. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, there's two characters, men and women, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. The 40-year-old woman acts the exact same as the 15-year-old, like, abused former prostitute woman. Like, come, come yeah. on. Yeah. I will say Mia is maybe uh, probably one of the most uh, uh, well-rounded female characters that Kevin has ever written. <laughs> but, yeah. That's but sort of like, I, it's, that's, it's like being an inchworm like, that's like, an inch and a half or something it's yeah no it's, it's well, still I, I by virtue of the fact that she she has like more than one character trait yeah. is what i mean by that but like she basically turns on a dime from being this like uh uh you know naive helpless victim to being like a hyper competent uh snarky and like sophisticated uh you know child uh, uh like precocious yeah like she seemed like uh, she's like being like abused by her pimp and she seems so helpless and all of a sudden she turns the tables on and beats him up and from that point on she's totally sophisticated and like the fact that she's been i mean jesus christ we've also established in that early scene that she was sexually abused by her father uh, before mm. her, her pimp came and started you know sex trafficking her uh, but then the there's no doesn't seem to be any impact of that victimization for the rest there's, of she's just totally like precocious and smart and and badass. There's no point and to no it. trust issues. There's no point yeah! to it at all. Like there's that scene, like that whole aspect of her character has absolutely no impact on the story of comic of the comic. And then later, there's an entire yeah. page dedicated to her having a dream about her and Green Arrow, like fucking you know an old man who yeah. is her father figure at this point like they multiple times they say yeah. that it's his she family and that's that's a page and then it's not thought of again it is so fucking weird and uncomfortable i like yeah. really really yeah. hated it and then like immediately after that she's crushing on connor yeah too. yeah like how old and her crushing Con on Con if it were just her crushing on connor that would be like not so bad yeah. you know that's like way more innocent although Although Kevin still has to make it overly sexual, like he, she says, like, "Oh, I can play naughty nurse for you," and it's like, can't you just yeah. fucking? Like, None of these oh, characters God. flirt in any other way than being like, "I want to throw your dick." Like that's that's how these characters get across their feelings. It is insane. Here's the thing: like, I know he's not smart enough that he's trying to like show like uh, you know because obviously a lot of uh victims of sexual trauma become like hypersexual right and only know how mm -hmm. to but like Ke kevin is writing all this as if it's playful and funny and cute and every so character talks not like that putting that much that much thought into it like oh this is the effect of her fucking trauma like fucking or whatever. black canary <laughs> talks like that green arrow talks like that everybody that oh, any kind God. of romantic or sexual tension has talks exactly like that it's not yeah and 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 even though uh uh Kevin of course never show never depicts green arrow as wanting to fuck this 15 year old girl he has to find ways to bring up the specter of it you Ugh. know Dinah black canary's like suspicious of him maybe fucking the 15 year old girl here's the thing then the 15 year old girl is fantasizing about fucking him like he's unable to like not 
broach the subject of someone, a grown man fucking this teenage girl. He can't, he can't just leave, leave it alone. If you're suspicious of your like partner or whatever, having sex with a 15 year old, maybe don't fucking associate with them. That's an insane thing to think about. That is not a, that is not a charming quality in a man. (laughs) Well, it's a little, it's a little forgivable for her because they had like broken up um, before and he had like cheated on her. So she's just being like a little, uh, eh. but yeah, no, it, it is weird. Like he, he is supposed to be a superhero. He's not supposed to be a pedophile like, committing statutory. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like a little bit of a womanizer, right? And he's supposed to have cheated on Black Canary in the past, but that's a whole different thing for taking advantage of, of an underage girl who we know is like a, a former uh, sex worker and stuff. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. like, you know. That that's a that's a very that's a huge moral condemnation to to accuse him of that. I don't know. Kevin Kevin doesn't think about these things. He's stupid. So sort of get back to the plot a little bit. The main bad guy, um, he the reason the Stanley guy that took him in. The reason he did all this was so that he could like plant himself in uh, Green Arrow's body because he doesn't have a soul, so he could like live forever, basically. And then, like, this is so confusing. Yeah, it doesn't really make context. any sense. But uh, he's ple- no, it it makes sense. You're saying he's look, he's he's like a Satanist, and he wants to do a satanic ritual to put his soul yeah. in in Green Arrow's spot. <laughs> well, it makes I a think little bit of explain sense. A little bit. Well, because his ultimate goal isn't Green Arrow. Yeah, his ultimate Wait, goal uh, is just to, it's that beast. be like literally immortal. Yeah. Yeah, well, because he, he wants to put his soul into the body of this demon that he calls the Beast, uh, but he's still working on summoning the Beast by uh, relentlessly torturing his uh, grandson. And because he's old, he needs to buy more time uh, by putting himself in Green Arrow's body. And when he's in Green Arrow's body, he wants to uh, rape the, 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 uh, the little, the young girl. Yeah. What's that's not uh, fucking because necessary. as he reveals, he's not really gay. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the point is that, Oh, this gay character wasn't actually gay, which. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I want to find, Oh wait, the quote is it, it. It's, it's a pretty good one. It, Cause he says that about how he's going to have sex with the girl in his body, which is, you know, super evil. And then he's like, wait, you're not gay. And he says, not at all. I love me the ladies, Ollie. I just told you I was gay to gain your confidence. I mean, what better and quicker way into the heart of any liberal than by telling him you're a fag? That's so... That's... Uh, Jaw-dropping. So Kevin Smith-brained. That's like... That's unfiltered Kevin brain. There's a lot of like (laughs) liberal conservative stuff that I mean truly just boils down to Kevin thinks like calling somebody a fascist makes you a liberal and then if you're a different guy then you're a conservative like there's really no point to him mentioning it other than it's like oh reference to that the green arrow green lantern run thing it's it sucks. Yeah it's just it's just a reference to the fact that like um you know green arrow's known for being a lefty and I and I think in general, uh, Green Arrow is like a pretty good depiction of like a a lefty like boomer type, yeah, like that kind of like mm-hmm. old school left wing guy who's like 
I don't know, doesn't seem to have a very clear, like generally distrusts authority, doesn't really have like a strong, like ideological viewpoint, but it's just like has that that kind of leftist sensibility. (laughs) I think in general, Mm -hmm. he's a good is a pretty accurate depiction of that kind of character. But Kevin seems pretty confused about it. He is a bit watered down by this point. Like before he was down with like breaking the law and and directly attacking like CEOs yeah. and uh people trying to union bust and stuff like that. Whereas now it he's just like a liberal. He, he's like socially progressive. And then when he meets himself in heaven, which we should probably talk about, <laughs> oh uh God. like that the real green arrow, he's really just like a liberal at this point he he kind of rolls his eyes about yeah. the idea of calling cops oh, blue fascists. oh you still call cops fascists i remember when i was so young <laughs> which is yeah, which like, is hilarious because like he's he's it's basically like 40 year old him versus 50 year old him, <laughs> right it's not like yeah. it's not like the other green arrow is like when he's uh you know in college or something so it's like oh mm-hmm. i've grown up so much in my 40s i don't call the cops fascists anymore. so the the reason that uh as pj kind of alluded to the reason that green arrow doesn't have a soul and came back to life is that his old friend his old buddy hal hal jordan of the green lantern corps uh felt so bad because again this is a bunch of dc bullshit did, that did you I know don't did get you know into. those guys went on a did you know those guys went on a road trip together? Oh my god, it says it so many yeah. times. Every every fucking time anyone tries to tell uh, Green Lantern something like, oh, I mean Green Arrow something like, oh, you died, or oh, it's that was a long time ago. It's like he'll be like, what are you talking about? I just went on a road trip with with Hal. Wait, I just went on a road trip with Green Lantern. Like his response to fucking everything is like, oh, what do you mean? All I did was go on a road trip with Green Lantern. So yeah, can a guy it. hang out with his friend? <laughs> So <laughs> like he 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 makes it all like like his feelings are hurt that yeah. people had forgotten about him because he was in a truck for two years. A little years. crash yeah. course in DC history because this story does not make any sense without it. M- maybe maybe PJ should explain oh, yeah. this stuff since he's the he's the expert here. Uh oh uh oh um so yeah uh Green Lantern was having like uh a crisis of conscience because he's such like a law abiding guy that's like his driving force is uh respecting authority and stuff and one day he gets in a little kerfuffle with uh green arrow over some like landlord being mean <laughs> but you know he was doing it legally the landlord so green lantern was like i i'm with the landlord and green arrow was like well you're you're a fucking idiot dude and then they decide to take a road trip with um one of the guys from the guardians because green lantern uh like winds up like punching the landlord and that upsets all the guardians and but he's like you you don't know what it's like to be human man you guys should come down here wait one of the guardians from oa goes on the road trip with the little blue guy (laughs) yeah yeah but he turns white Um, and yeah, he, he joins them in a truck and they go around like encountering, uh, some hippies who are like Marilyn Manson. They hang out with, uh, Indians in a reservation and they help them get their like timber rights back. Uh, it helps some coal yeah, miners. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a, there's a cool uh, thing bosses. where Green Arrow leads like a coal miner offensive on the guy that owns the mine. <laughs> 
Yeah. Is that is that the the premise for the whole Green Arrow Green Lantern yeah. series, or is that just like one arc? Yeah, oh, that's no. the start of it. Um, uh, but like, uh, I did I did not make it all the way until you know, like Speedy does heroin and stuff like that. But I did read the whole uh, road trip. Eventually, they come back after like it doesn't last that long. But yeah, they just go across America just to show this guardian what being human is like and in the end the guardian like makes a really human uh decision to save green lantern's life instead of uh protecting this ship that has uh bad chemicals in it from blowing up so then he gets like put in a oa prison it's a very like the guardian does yeah the guardian does Damn. it's a very like pete yeah. seeger style like we got to show you what america's really about thing uh I, it's mm. been a long time since i've read it but that's just the vibe i got from it um but yeah, because like at that point, um, like Green Arrow had lost all of his money because he used to be a, a big rich guy. He had lost his money from some guy who like uh, defrauded him with fake papers. I, I don't know all the details. And uh, he had his own crisis of conscious consciousness. And he's like, I, yeah, I can't be trying to make change through just being like a politician and a businessman. I got to go down there and do the dirty work of it. So that was when he was sort of as most like socially conscious. I do seem to recall like a full page of dialogue of him explaining that part of his backstory to Batman as if Batman didn't already know this already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so crazy how much people explain stuff to each other that they have no reason to explain. And then and it's just so frustrating. You said it at the beginning, but like having a character come back to life this is his big comeback and for pretty actually the entire thing he his input doesn't actually matter to the story he's just going around not knowing what the hell is happening (laughs) and in the end he doesn't even beat the bad guy he doesn't do anything yeah it's a total deus ex machina in the end they're about to get killed by all these demons and then the beast the big demon that the guy was trying to summon all along comes and basically bails them out, you know? So he Which pretty makes much, you wonder he pretty why much did he nothing. Like the the whole B story and Stanley Dover, I, I don't think there's a single point where it really makes any sense. Like he's doing a Satanism thing, uh trying to become a beast that it, uh because beasts don't have souls, he can it, insert himself into it. Um and he manages to I, I don't know why he would necessarily want that beast's body because like he wouldn't be able to I don't know live in human society does he just want to go around killing people I guess I guess yeah be fine yeah that'd be kind of fun yeah I guess that that part that part makes some sense yeah I feel like if he's a powerful demon he can collect people's souls and like eat them and do all kinds of fucked up demon and he can also probably travel back and forth to hell and have hell adventures you know yeah but that part like up up to that point it makes sense but then when he realizes that because he had his uh grandson with him during all his rituals instead of with his mass massive fortune hiring a babysitter himself um he accidentally like summoned the beast to be with his grandson and other friends right and then when he encounters the beast the beast runs away and what stanley's plan to like have the beast come back is it to pretend to be nice to his grandson and like get his grandson to somehow you know bring his own friend back 
No, it's to like capture his own grandson and put him in the basement and torture him forever. Yeah. And it's which it's do- doesn't make a lot of sense. It's mostly psychological torture, which is good because then the beast can just be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wipe his memories. He'll be fine." Yeah, I think that uh, the the idea is that like it's such a fucking craven act to torture this child that like the evilness of it is meant to summon the demon somehow like yeah metaphysically (laughs) uh, that's what i got from it i I don't know yeah no but it just if that's the case kevin would have directly told us that that is the case because he doesn't know how to imply things but here's the thing none of that fucking matters because the demon could have showed up at any time and just killed stanley and taken the kid back because after stanley had summoned a whole bunch of other lesser demons that like that there were dozens of them and they were about to kill green arrow and his son that that right then the the beast shows up and instantly obliterates all of them and then grabs fucking stanley and eats him and stanley's helpless to stop him so like you could have done that anytime and saved the kid yeah. so what was stopping you in the uh in the intro to this um in the intro to this oh, ba- basically kevin explains that he read the alan moore swamp thing and in that there's a part where swamp thing goes to hell Ugh. if it rocks it's fucking awesome but in this it's like he just thought that hell was cool and he didn't pick up on anything that was actually cool about that part of the alan moore run like the demons have like a caste system and there's like rules and stuff and it's yeah. scary and this is just like ah, oh, gross monsters uh it sucks but, but Stanley didn't have any fucking plan. Yeah. It, like, what if, what if, regardless of this Green Arrow stuff, the Beast just showed up one day, like, knocked on the door? What the fuck would well, Stanley yeah. do? I mean, you have to be prepared with some kind of binding <laughs> spell. You need, like, a salt circle and all that shit. But, like, yeah, I don't know. He was expecting the Beast to just show up and then somehow he would just handle it. Like, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what his plan was. But also, just... It's just a complete, like, the whole plot didn't need to happen because the Beast could have showed up first thing, killed him, and saved the kid, you know? Before mm-hmm. any of this shit happened. There was no reason for him not to do that all along, except for that he needed to not do it for the whole useless... I'm realizing now that we're breaking it down, the the whole plot is fucking useless. Yeah. Because... Yeah. You, yeah, because fucking Green Arrow didn't do anything. No one did anything to help except for the Beast, who could have just done that all along. Everything is just... like, And the whole mystery around why Green Arrow was born again is is not interesting no. because no, the answer is of course is of course some friend of yours wanted you to come back to life wow yeah. like that that's why you get brought back to yeah. life he, yeah. so that's not fun he's brought back to life but his soul likes being in heaven so he doesn't go back to his body so then there's like so, two yeah, it's just green his arrows, body right and then he gets forced to go back to his body to save like his son and mia but then he can't and then the beast does it it uh. <laughs> It's it's, it's a, yeah he didn't even need to do that uh, because yeah and then he was gonna fucking sacrifice and blow himself up anyway and it's like those your soul coming back had no purpose but it made him strong enough to break but, all those uh, it, leather straps on him I guess yeah I don't know how true. that works I, I thought like I was thinking about that like like maybe it was because he was weakened by the guy trying to force his soul into him or something like that it doesn't make any yeah, sense yeah yeah oh good. actually yeah that does make sense yeah. 
Stanley probably would have successfully taken over his body if he hadn't done that part. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Here, but also, but, um, it's a very confusing conception of a soul to me because so there's his soul in heaven, and then there's just his body, which has been reanimated. But he has all of the personality and characteristics of Green Arrow. He has all of his memories up to the point of the memories they wanted him to have. It's like, has his exact brain. He is exactly like him in every sense, except that just, he just technically doesn't have a soul. But like, that doesn't make him different in any way. So what even is a fucking soul, you know? No, yeah. (laughs) This is like a super old philosophical problem. And like, even though in the intro, Kevin's like, yeah, I want. I want a thing where. Yeah, what makes a man? Is it just the name, or is it his soul? Doesn't like, he, grapple he with that question at all. No, no. <laughs> like, and, and like the original uh, Green Arrow up in heaven, he seems just like cool with it. He's very nonchalant about the fact that. Oh yeah, you're just you know like a homunculus who looks like me. They, they don't get into it at all. There seems to be no difference. He's just a philosophical zombie. They're both an entire guy, basically. Uh, one of mm-hmm. them, one of them's the soul, and one of them's the body. But they're both just as much a complete guy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the the only difference in this case is just the memories, which didn't have to be that way. They did that deliberately for kind of silly reasons. Yeah, they wanted him to not remember all the bad stuff that happened, which is like... Even though people are going to tell him. Yeah, it's just fucking stupid because all it did was make him fucking confused and stubborn and belligerent the whole story and not know what the fuck was going on. Eventually, he's going to have to learn all this shit. And it's like, what advantage is there in him not knowing? That's another problem with Stanley's uh, like uh, whole plan thing. Because when... Uh, when he first meets Green Arrow and, you know, he's looking all disheveled, he's got the long beard and, and all that, which makes me wonder how long Green Arrow has been, you know, wandering around and he didn't, like, try to contact any of his friends. Right. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Stanley says, like, I knew instantly that he was a hollow. So, like, he knew that Ugh. he could, like, put his soul into him. And then he takes him home. And during that time, Green Arrow is, like, completely out of it. Um, uh, like just laying in bed and it's like motherfucker Stanley why didn't you yeah. take him down to the basement put him in a put him on that table and like keep him alive until you figure out whatever the spell you need is and then take the body but he lets him walk around outside this is the most obvious and glaring type of plot hole that Kevin makes constantly the fact that it like, why didn't they just do the thing? You know, there's no reason for them not to do it other than that the story you're trying to tell necessitates it not happening until later. That's the only mm-hmm. reason something didn't just happen sooner. I think in this one, like what made it seem to work more than the Daredevil one is that you we had a different pointless mystery in like, oh, where's his mist? Like, where's his memory? Why can't, you know, how do you come back to life to completely like, you're like thinking about how stupid that is and you don't think about, oh, the actual prop plot yes. does not work. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're just flying through this because you're like, this is some Kevin Smith thing. It sucks. I don't need to put much thought into it. You might your brain might not go back and go, why the fuck didn't Stanley do all this stuff before? You're, yeah. you're not going to remember the past. All I, I also admittedly skimmed through quite a bit of this. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of the 
anytime you get into a big part where like a care there's like a lot of inner monologue, I pretty much just skipped the whole page because it never adds anything to the story. No. Uh, but um, so here's the thing. Why why wouldn't you just uh, give uh, the your green arrow body uh, all of your memories up to and including the part where you bring him back to life so that he knows what's going on and doesn't spend the entire story confused. Like, if he knew... And then knowing about all these mistakes and the fact that he regrets them. If you, Green Arrow's soul, knows enough to regret those mistakes and not want to make them again, then giving your other Green Arrow all those memories, he would feel the same way. And also, he would know what the fuck is going on. It makes a million times more sense <laughs> yeah it bothered me like so not because not only it's because child the, the it's child logic the explanation is that green arrow prime uh like all this regret is like harming him and it, it it's making him feel bad all the time so he doesn't want to give that to the new green arrow but like when we meet him in heaven he's like i've finally found peace i've been in heaven all this time so it's like aren't you basically ready to go back like with yeah. your full memory and all that like it's and now you're leaving this guy down there who you know in the future is going to make bad mistakes and it won't go well for him and he hasn't learned from it so it's like a ticking time bomb you fucking idiot yeah it's also doesn't make any sense and it's also just so perfectly obvious and inevitable that his soul's gonna end up going back anyway that it's just mm. like such a useless like fucking it was Hal Jordan's (laughs) plan but yeah no of course he was gonna go back so to spend like six or eight chapters or whatever having uh, all the all of this confusion where Green Arrow is doing nothing of his own agency it just it's a terrible way to reintroduce a character it makes me not like him you know what? How am I supposed to get excited? You know what? You guys have convinced me this actually sucks a lot and it's stupid as shit and I hate it Oh, I mean, I always thought it sucked, you know? No, no, I I, I did too, but like... <laughs> I, I do still just, feel better than just others okay. just because it's not as, like, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still bad. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't as much uh, totally egregious stuff. There was... It had a little bit more of the, like, general kind of tone of like a dc comic story that wasn't like deeply offensive and upsetting although there was stuff that if you think about it too much is pretty fucked up and nasty Um, but whatever should we talk (laughs) a little bit about the second part of the story because this is only oh yeah yeah. yeah. this was just this was just the first 10 issues there's another five Uh, (laughs) um so where where we meet Okay, for, for listeners who remember our Batman the Widening Geyer episode back in uh, in October, uh, where we talked about this exciting new villain called Onomatopoeia, who just repeats every uh, sound that's made, and that's his whole fucking gimmick. He's that, and he wants to kill heroes, but it's not explained in this part of the comic. That's yeah. not explained until the Batman we, comic. Yeah. We finally uh-huh. get the origin of this character, but not really because the character just shows up and we don't really know anything about him. And then in the Batman thing, we also never really learn what his deal is or why he's doing any of that. <laughs> it's like they got and Kevin now, on I, for 15 I, I get, issues, oh. but he's like, I only have enough story for 10 issues. so I'm just going to bullshit the rest of it. Uh, well, and he did. He, here, here's what I think. I think a lot of the stuff was 
uh, kind of plotted out with the editor and there was stuff beats that he was supposed to hit. But it was like but he also on the flip side got to introduce this cool villain idea he came up with, which <laughs> the idea for the villain just sounds like something a fucking kid would come up with. And then, mm. like, a, a few minutes later, come up with a better idea and forget about the first <laughs> one. But Kevin never throws out an idea. There's He's never had an idea bad enough that he's thought, no, I won't do that one. <laughs> to be fair, I think this might be my favorite character of his. Yeah. Because he talks yeah. the least. Yeah. He does not like, speak. It's great. Um, well, he, he does speak. But, yeah, like, his stupid... It is like a dumb gimmick, and his reasoning for it, uh, in like yeah, in his interview, it's it's so baby brained. Like it, it basically, it's just an excuse to put the word like "blam" twice on the page. Yeah. There's nothing interesting about he, it, or even really like. Menacing. He even says like, "Oh, like you could never do this in anything but a comic because they never like write out." sound effects and like this i think this would genuinely be a better idea it would still be a stupid idea but if it was like a movie and the guy's like an explosion goes goes off and the guy says boom like that's less stupid than this but this just shows how baby-brained he is and how despite him being such a huge like comic freak and having read a million comic books there's something he doesn't seem to understand about the medium of comics the fact that he thinks uh, this gimmick would only work in a comic book is exactly why it doesn't make any sense because if you're trying to interpret so like his quote he says uh a gun in a film sounds completely different it doesn't read as blam and so to have a dude say blam after a true gunshot all these people would be like he's just retarded i think it works great in print on a comic page but but it's like that's exactly what that's exactly what i think I think that guy, it doesn't make any fucking sense for him to say blam because if I'm trying to conceive a, like when I'm reading a comic and a gun fires and it says blam, I'm not thinking that like, oh, it sounds like someone just said the word blam in this comic. Like it, in my mm. brain, I'm trying to use my imagination to conceive of this as a real thing, you know, so it makes equally no fucking sense. Those words are like not, they're, they're not you're like they're words, right? But they're vessels for the color and the like font. You know, they do the big orange and the spiky font. Yeah, for like th they're mm. vessels for like just more abstract ideas, and that's ugh, it sucks, man. I, this th these last five chapters are just so pointless. He should like put the uh, the onomatopoeia, the actual like big blam thing, in like his word bubble or something. Like, I don't know, yeah. that might be more interesting instead of yeah. seeing, like, a small word bubble just blam underneath it very blandly. Yeah, if it was written in his word bubble in a way that was suggestive of a sound, that would at least make a little more sense. But, like, what we're seeing is just a guy saying blam and a guy saying, like, chick chick and, like, verp and, like, zip and, like, just saying it. And, and Ted, you're right, this would work better if if this was in, like, a movie and it was a character played by, what's that guy's name, Michael Winslow from Police yeah, Academy? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he would just be actually doing the sounds. Then it would make, he would still seem like he's a, a you-know-what, but uh, <laughs> but it would at least, like, uh, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> it, would, it would at least be, like, something, you know? <laughs> Well, what, one thing that this reminds me of that because so like he doesn't have any powers. He's just a guy who, who seems to he have has, a weird he, His tick. powers that he has a gun. <laughs> yeah. 
Whereas this reminds me of, uh, I don't know, Ted, if you have heard of this. Have you ever heard of Inu Yashiki? Uh, it's a manga and anime. Is that different from uh, Inu but, Asha? But it, yes. Uh, but anyway, it's by the guy who made Gantz. But uh, the guy, the villain in that, he has, I don't know exactly how it works, but like it's some sort of mind power thing where like he, he just points his finger at people and he goes like bang and then it shoots them like it like makes reality happen from him willing it with his imagination. It's almost like the way that Green Lantern works, but there's no physical uh, bullet. That would make more sense as a uh, power is if he could manifest things happening with his ability to make the noises of them. You know, wouldn't so, that be like a scary power? He, here's here's the thing. Like, you're, you're, you're being too creative here. You're thinking above <laughs> well, the level yeah. of what this character's aiming for. But 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 here's the thing. So uh, onomatopoeia it exclusively uh, goes after um, non-powered heroes, the Batman vigilante types, right? And he just has mm. a gun. And he, like, finds these heroes and he kills them by shooting them with his gun. Now... When, if you're a Batman type, if you don't have any powers, your, like, main thing, the main thing that you have to be able to do is to not get shot. Like, that's the whole, that's the whole thing about being Batman. People are shooting Mm -hmm. at him constantly. Batman, Mm -hmm. Green Arrow, all of these fucking guys, they're constantly fighting against people with guns and they don't have guns. They, their main skill is avoiding being shot. But for some reason, this guy, this freak that says blam and stuff, just has a gun, just a pistol. And for some reason, he's just able to kill them easily. You know? Like, he doesn't do anything. He gives away all his shots. Yeah, he says blam before he fires the fucking gun. He gives them a half second of time to respond. Like, if like they should have been shot to death already if they're that bad at avoiding a gun, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't make it's so any stu- sense. And of course, he just invents like made up like second string uh, uh, Batman types just to get killed, you know, so that he mm-hmm. doesn't kill off any any real characters. Yeah, like some weird guy named Buckeye who yeah. apparently everyone in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is like annoyed with his name. Yeah. They're all saying like, I wish he would change, which I don't know if people in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania give a shit about Ohio. It's all the way like on the other side. But th- like that was a weird detail. I don't, I don't know why it, that was the gimmick. It, I guess yeah. he wanted that those scenes to be funny. Yeah, no, Ke- Ke- Kevin likes to have some like long-winded explanation for... I feel... The, the kind of writing he's doing in this, uh, in the other ones, in both Daredevil and uh, Batman, it seemed like he was going for the hard-boiled Frank Millard style. But here, it seemed like he was trying to do more like Stan Lee style writing yeah. of like mm. putting personality into the narration and like editorializing and stuff. And uh, and yeah, and he like wanted he wanted to have these fun little backstories for each like minor character that gets immediately killed, and it like doesn't even matter. Like you don't you don't we don't have to know anything about that character. He's just there to get killed, and then that story goes nowhere, right? Because he shoots uh, uh, Connor Green Arrow's son in the head, and after a whole bunch of crap happens, Connor is saved by doctors. But then and then onomatopoeia gets away and that's the end, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, like nothing happens yeah. whatsoever. Uh, it's just a bit of a scare. There is some like tension and cool fighting. I, I w- at this point, I thought maybe Connor might die, but that would be a little weird because it's like they brought Green Arrow back. Maybe they'll just kill off Connor. Yeah, I kind but, of thought I kind of thought that was happening. I yeah. thought that for a second, and I was gonna be so pissed because literally, like, I guess you could say the moral of the last story, even though it's incredibly muddled and stupid, is that like Green Arrow is finally like, oh, I'm gonna hang out with my son, and then he just dies the next day. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like um, the Marvel editors were willing to give him way more uh, rope, way more slack than DC. <laughs> it felt felt like DC was running a bit of a tighter ship. Like they're not going to just let uh, Kevin kill off major characters <laughs> and shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how many comics had he written before this one? I, uh, think, was fit in the I think just Daredevil. I think this was the second. Yeah. Or okay. did he do Spider-Man before this? Oh, I forgot about. Oh, we still haven't read that. I'm so obsessed. <laughs> oh, that. But that one's short. It's only like four issues, I think. Oh, that's good. Ooh, nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. No, Spider-Man came after. OK. Oh, no. It's six issues. Oh, this is so funny. So. It's called Spider-Man, Black Cat, The Evil That Men Do. There's six issues, and they're published between August 2002 and March 2006. <laughs> that's Ooh. how fucking that's how fucking shitty and lazy Kevin is at me. Oh, because we also another thing we learned, I think, after the last episode is that he was constantly missing deadlines for Daredevil, and. Also, and it was the same thing with Batman, which is the reason he only ever got to do the first half of the widening Geyer, because they got so fed up with him uh, missing deadlines that they just canceled it. Yeah. He gets like his one big dream thing. And just does that. Yeah. And in the intro to this whole Green Arrow thing, he says like how like I love writing and uh, it's like easy or whatever. And it's like, but you can't fucking do it. Well, it seems like Green Arrow might have been the one exception because it seems like these all came out month by month, if I'm not mistaken. And he was able to maintain a run for 15 issues. If he was like months late on deadlines, they would have they would have fucking canned him before that. I mean, it is a little easy when you get to like copy and paste Green Arrow going, what the deuce is going on? (laughs) Yeah, I was just in a truck. (laughs) I can't take a trip with my own best friend. You people are mad. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Kevin fucking loves to do the same thing over and over. He did it in Daredevil and he did it like three times here where a character uses the word God offhand and some uh, evil oh. guy says, God's got nothing to do with this. Or or Green Arrow says, holy Hannah. And Jason Blood says there's nothing holy about that, like, which is basically the same gag. Yeah. So there were at least three of those in this comic that I counted. Like, we it's didn't, not. We didn't mention Jason Blood, did we? Oh, no, we haven't touched on Jason Blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but go on. Uh, Sorry. Jason Blood and Ichigan show up and predictably it sucks ass. He does actually make Ichigan. it rhyme, sort of. Is it not Ichigan? I, I believe it's Etrigan. But um, he does the. he Yeah. We, he, remember, he was in uh, in the Batman Wyden and Geyer, too, and he also did really terrible rhyming verse where like I, I this time I just skipped over yeah. all of the mm. the Etrigan rhyming. I read like half because of it's it. frustrating to read. It's it's confusing and hard to see where the rhyme is supposed to be. Like the no, meter yeah. changes with every other line. And like the, and it, it, 
It's like, and why don't they just write it on the page where the rhyming word at least comes at the end of the fucking, at the line break so that I can like follow it like a poem? It's fucking- Yeah, bolded or something. I don't know. It's fucking confusing. And then like sometimes it'll be like he says a whole paragraph and then like the next paragraph rhymes with that and there wasn't any rhyme in between. And like, I just gave up. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. None of this is necessary. I'm not reading it. This is another awful attempt to ape stuff from Alex. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, of course. Well, he- here's the thing. I-, I love the characters of Jason Blood yeah, and Etrigan and Jack Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby's original run on the Demon is great. I love I those read comics uh, from the '70s. And uh, but like that's also he created a character with the kinds of gimmicks that like suck when almost anyone other than jack kirby does it yeah obviously alan moore can make it work but it's like it's such a it's such a classically silly jack kirby thing to have this demon character always rhyming and then the fact that every other person that writes this character will try to it's like you might as well just drop that aspect of the character you can update it just forget the rhyming thing you know, because it sucks when almost any other writer tries to do if it. If you just said like he got promoted or demoted in universe, that makes sense that he would stop rhyming. Like it, it leaves so little room for characterization of Etrigan to like try to make him interesting or cool because it's like all about him fucking doing these stupid poems. It's lame. Well, because people focus and think that's his characterization instead of just like a gimmick. It, it sucks. It's well. In uh, in the, I, I didn't um, learn anything about him from this really. In the in the uh, movie, the the animated movie Apocalypse War, uh, Etrigan has just given up on rhyming <laughs> because it's That's like hilarious. it's post apocalyptic and everything's hopeless. And he and J- uh, Jason Blood is just gone. Apparently, he's just Etrigan, and Etrigan and mm. Constantine are just hanging out, getting drunk, and Etrigan is just not even rhyming. And Constantine is like, you don't even rhyme anymore. And he's like, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> um, and that's that cool. A lot better. That's a fun. Yeah. That's a fun way to make the character interesting. Yeah. Like, fuck rhyming. It's not like he's it's not like he's required to rhyme. He just chooses to do it. <laughs> PJ, I want to ask you if there's any like specific Green Arrow runs you really want to recommend for people to read something good about Green Arrow. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I've read so many. Because this is a, a big blank spot for me. And I also have like, because I loved him in uh, JLU when I was growing up, but I've never really read anything Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, uh, the Longbow Hunters, that was nice because uh, it was uh, like a graphic novel, like premiere thing. So the art is uh, really good. Has some, you know, fucked up stuff with Black Canary. But uh, and I think that's the one that introduces Shadow, who's uh, this Yakuza trained cool. lady. Um, and then all the stuff with her that I, I think Trevor has, uh, he was trying to talk me up a little bit here. I'm not that much of a green arrow. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if people could tell. I was, being a, little, I was being a little tongue in cheek about that. <laughs> I couldn't keep this up. Literally what, what happened is like a few months ago, I think I was talking to PJ about doing this episode and he said that he wanted to read green arrow 
And he was like, what Green Arrow should I read? And I looked up what the important Green Arrow comics were and suggested and them I to him. And I did not read them until very yeah, recently. Yeah, until like yesterday. I, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, a couple, yeah, like two days ago. No, yeah, it was yesterday I, for the Green Lantern, Green Arrow together run. I made it like halfway through. Yeah, that that's the good. one, the Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams run, which are you know they're a class a classic duo. Those two yeah. mm-hmm. celebrated, and they duo. are good. Like I, I would recommend reading all those, I, and I'll I'll finish them at, you know after we're done with this. But uh, yeah, other than that, like he's not that super yeah. popular a character. So like the stuff with Shadow and how uh, she, you know, basically. Uh, like sexually assaults him and uh, mm. birds a son from him. Is that uh, where Connor comes that's from? Always, like that is always fu- no, Connor is from like an earlier uh, ex-girlfriend or something, right? Yeah, before he was Green Arrow, he oh, uh, you know, had a relationship with this one lady and then she came back saying you know, I'm pregnant and he like thought that she was just trying to get money. So, like, he didn't really raise Connor at all. Connor came back later because uh, Oliver Queen, that Green Arrow's real name for everyone. I don't know if we said that. Um, like, yeah, he didn't raise him. And he didn't believe that Connor was his real son, <laughs> which you notice in, like, um, the Longbow Hunters, there's this sort of plot where him and uh, Dina are living together. And he's talking about wanting to have kids and uh, she's like, but I don't want to have kids because I don't want to have orphans. You know, we, we're in a dangerous line of work. <laughs> um, and he, uh, Green Arrow's all like, I'm getting old. I, I don't know if I can have kids. And Roy, the old Speedy, uh, he was the closest thing I could even have to a son. He makes it seem like he doesn't have a son, but he, he, he already has a son by this point. <laughs> so, like, I think he just doesn't recognize him at that point and that was like in 87 well you sure sound like an expert to me and so (laughs) so that so the shadow lady uh 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 makes uh, sperm jacks him basically right and that's Mm. that exact same thing happened to batman with fucking talia all cool (laughs) what is with Uh, our our boys in the dc universe keep getting sperm jacked what's going on listen if you're like a if you're like a regular guy and you can have a child but you basically have superpowers just because of how badass you are i can see just wanting to sperm jack that yeah, I mean, look how much money people pay for, like, horse sperm. I'm not endorsing it, but I, I get why it happens, you know? Ted approves of female-on-male sexual assault only in certain situations. <laughs> only if the guys are very doing. rich. I mean, if the guy is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed if, to. If you're, like, super badass, it's okay for a woman uh, to... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, just before, just one last thing I want to say about this comic uh, before we wrap up. Uh, in the very back, the back page, I, I guess this uh, collection was printed in uh, I don't know 2016 or something. Uh, in in the back where they have like bios of all the writers and artists, it says Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is the guy who got thrown off that plane for being a fa- being fat a few years back. He also made Clerks once. This fucking guy, I swear to God. <laughs> what guy got thrown off a plane for being fat? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Did you not know this? He fucking he he talks about it constantly. He's it's his oh. number. It's his 
go-to self-deprecating thing I, I'm ever showing since myself it to not be a real Good. fan. Yeah, man, I thought you listened to the show. What the fuck? I, I fuck I've heard every episode. I'm sorry. I can't keep track uh, yeah. of everything he's done. Well, yeah, this is his go-to self-deprecating joke that's like He's pretending that he's being funny, but it's really him fucking feeling sorry for himself and wanting uh, mm. people to, like, tell him, like, uh, he's okay. And like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I was too fat to fly. And like, but it's like, no, but it's just joking. Ha ha. I'm laughing at myself. But it's just like, it's weird. Like, he just can't stop yeah, bringing it up all the time, pitying himself about some stupid thing. And look. You lost a bunch of weight now and you're vegan. Like, that's great. And you're you're hiking all the time. You never shut up about it. Like, get over the fucking too fat to fly thing. Anyway, I yeah. mean, in, in case you guys didn't listen last week, Kevin Smith is actually a fucking monster. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Uh, uh, go ahead and go. Uh, go ahead and listen to the last Kevin. I actually do want to publicly cancel him. I would really like to spread Ooh. the word about the shit he did uh, with his uh, shitty uh, human trafficking charity. Because that was fucked up. He deserves to be canceled. Uh, fuck mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I that made my skin We're finally going to take him down. I think the, f- I think the fact that uh, he's clearly such a fucking childish idiot makes people uh, not even think to realize that he's like actually a bad person you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> like and uh people need to know like no he may be a complete moron with a toddler's brain but he's also a genuinely <laughs> bad person who who's <laughs> who should be me too'd uh, i feel like that's almost worthy of a me too what he did <laughs> not quite but almost yeah i think we can get him one of these days if the, if this podcast is good for anything, it'll be the yeah professional death of uh, Kevin Smith. Please help spread the word. I'll re I'll retweet the the, the posts I made about death. it on the podcast account. Every everyone fucking share the, those tweets around. I've got screenshots, uh, incriminating screenshots. Trevor went viral the other day. No, and now not that. <laughs> No, no, that's not what this is about. This has nothing to do with that. This is about ending Kevin. This has nothing to do with me. This is about Kevin. We're taking him down. I mean, that's been the goal for a while now. We have Kevin's receipts. We have actual Kevin's receipts that we're going to use to take him down. PJ, you don't have anything to plug, right? Uh, Not really, but like, you know... I am a guest, and which means I'm not. This podcast doesn't own me. If anyone out there wants to snag me, you know, now PJ, that I'm PJ two is degrees a, of PJ <laughs> is a free agent. Yeah. If anyone else would like to have him as a guest sometime, uh, he can pretend uh, to be an know. expert about anything. Like if you have a medical podcast, PJ yeah. can like read a couple textbooks or something. Yeah, yeah, he'll totally read a medical book the day before. And <laughs> yeah, I got a medical ethics book behind me. Like I, I can, I can fuck it up. Yeah, you know. I guess for booking inquiries, you can just contact me, uh, Trevor. No, and I'll get you in touch with PJ. <laughs> what you want to give him your email? What? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you can like DM me on Twitter or something. I mean, don't follow it. I barely post. But Proctor J Semhouse and spelled wrong. Uh, S-E-M-H-A-U-S, all one word. You know, yeah, if you got a podcast sure. and you want some guy on there, fuck it, I'm here. What what else am I doing? Especially if you're covering anime, because uh, I got no one to <laughs> oh, talk about that. Maybe with. we should have you back yeah. for when I make Trevor read some manga. 
Oh, good luck. Uh, all right. I've been trying to get this motherfucker to talk about like anime and manga and stuff. And he just says no. Well, guess what? Now I'm being I'm being paid to do it. So I will read some <sighs> manga. That's how this works. OK. All right. All right. So maybe maybe someday. So maybe I don't need a. Yeah. Uh, so my oats elsewhere. <laughs> do, you, do you recommend any manga? We're probably going to read Berserk for the uh, for the. Patreon podcast. Oh, I'd recommend maybe that like one. one. Other one. Yeah, I'd recommend Berserk. Uh, okay, yeah. you recommend the one that, that we already decided on. That's cool. Uh, thanks for your. <laughs> yeah, endorse. no, yeah, that one. All right, thank you for um, listening, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this has been We Need to Talk About Kevin. Thank you very much, Proctor J. Semhouse, for coming on the thanks, show. PJ. It was a pleasure to find to finally have you on. It's been mm-hmm. been long in the making. Uh, <laughs> And just it, been the shadowy figure and, and, yeah, behind and you know what it, you were, it was worth the wait uh, goodbye everybody <laughs> bye goodbye and then the man of steel shows up on the moon base and says sorry I'm late some idiot tried to blow up the tracks of Metropolis railway what did I Grand Steel's ghost 